very special guest today. Please give a warm welcome to my old friend and colleague and master symbol maker, formerly known as young Paul Francis. Now we just call him Paul Francis. Hi, John. How are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for being here today. And I, I had to get the young Paul Francis in there. Of I course. It's a term of endearment, I think. Was it was it Colin Schofield that uh, coined that term? It sure was. He coined that term. In fact, Paul, now I'm going to do the big reveal. Ah. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Look at that. It's like Star Wars. For, it's like Star Wars. <laughs> For everybody watching at home, Paul said to me he'd only agree to do this podcast if I wore this shirt. And the underwear. And, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where it's going to go today. Uh, you know, I had this, I had this bit. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, we've known each other for a long time. So this might be a really, really bad comedy show. It might, we might not ever really talk about symbols, which is really why we're here. But I was going to, I was going to start it by saying, Hey, I was, I was reading your bio and I see you worked at Zildjian. I I worked there too. (laughs) Oh, wow. What are the strange? Wow. That's, it's a really big company. So I'm surprised that we never met each other there. I know. We never ran into each other. Never. I, I want to, um, going to, I'm going to just do, Go, do two it. minutes of reminiscing. All right. Okay. And then, then we're going to get to like the main event here, but a couple of things just in leading up to you being here today, I started thinking about all this stuff. In fact, Kelly said to me, um, she said, well, don't, don't waste all of Paul's time telling, you know, your stories, <laughs> meaning me, like, you oh, know, but, it's okay. like, you know, but anyway, I thought of a couple of funny things. One, one of the funniest things that I can remember involves a great, great guy who's no longer with us. Um, rest his soul, the great Alan White. And uh, yes. <laughs> you might remember the story. <laughs> you might remember this story. It was from a NAMM show. I remember this. It was from a NAMM show. I, I want to say like in the, in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, and I think we were going to see Jules Thomas sing with a band. And she had said, yes. I'm I'm going to be at the Hilton or one of the hotels tonight singing with this band. So, you know, come check it out. So we, we went just you and me and uh, we broke from the, the usual kind of party that we'd be with. And before the band that she played with, Alan White was there with one of those typical pickup bands at NAMM where they throw a bunch of people together. Right. right. And, and anyway, so for everybody watching, this is what happened. So we're Paul and I are standing there. We're watching and Alan got a little turned around in the song and there was like a, a moment of just weirdness. And Paul leans into me and goes, I think Alan thinks he's playing roundabout. <laughs> and I, I think I blew my, my yeah, beer through drink. my nose. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you yeah, remember what anyway. song he was playing? Cause I do now that you remember that you brought it oh up. It was, I it was brown, brown eyed girl and he couldn't hear in the monitors. Yes. Yep. Okay. And, yeah. and um, I'm like that. You know, I'm not always known for my quick, quick wit, but that popped into my head, and I just wanted to whisper it. You know, because he did get hilarious. all turned around in the time. But I mean, even even though that that happened, he's just such a great professional drummer, yeah, and he, you know, he he get up and came right over to say hi hi to you because he, he didn't really know who I was, and he goes, oh yeah yeah, I, I really couldn't hear, and I'm like that's 
sorry, that's a typical drummer excuse. Like I, I couldn't hear it in the monitors. I couldn't hear the vocals. I couldn't hear. Yeah, because yeah. I use I use that now. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear. That's why I kept yeah. playing. I use that, and I also use the sun was in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the darkened nightclub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What happened to the time right there? The sun was in my eyes. I had a. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah. I remember he, him coming over and, and, you know, kind of being a little sheepish about it. Like, yeah, I couldn't, you know, we're like, Alan, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And one other thing, it might even been the same night or it was a different night could have been a different year, but yep. we ended up together and we, we, um, again, broke from the, the pack, so to speak. And I knew LP was having some sort of Latin percussion oh, was having some yes. sort of like award ceremony. We, we sort of, we crashed the party. We go there. <laughs> oh my God. I almost forgot about this. Do you go remember this? We go in yeah. there and, and, and our old friend, Steve Negotian sees us and he's like, Hey, and, and Martin Cohen's like presenting these awards to these, to like Giovanni Hidalgo and all these legendary percussionists. And, and Steve sees us and he's like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, Oh, we, we came to crash the party. And I think somebody bumped into you and you spilled a glass of red wine. On your yeah, shirt? Do you, know, do you know who it was? I don't know it who was, it was. It was Giovanni. He turned it, it around was... really quickly, and I had this really nice white linen shirt on. Yes. And um, and thanks to your wife, I knew what to do. Right, right, yeah. But I got on the elevator to go up to my room, so I was going to take my shirt off and put it in a uh, in the sink full of cold water. Yes. Um, and I get on the elevator, and I went up a couple floors. A door opened, and a guy got on. He looked at me and goes, <laughs> Are you all right? I said, do you really think I'd be going up if I was stabbed? <laughs> I remember right? you I go, telling I me. Go, I go, it's red wine. He goes, oh. And I, no, I but... went up and came back down really quickly because like, I was having a good time at, at the, at the uh, party. Um, yeah. There was another time where we, it was a sure get together and we weren't invited. Do you remember we, this one? I do. It was the same night, Paul. I think, was it I the think same we were. Night? I think we crashed parties all night that that night. Somebody came out with this huge piece of chocolate cake and I wanted some chocolate cake. And you're like, Paul, we can't we can't get in. You know, I already went up to the door. I go, come with me. And I, I go up to the door and the guy's looking at me in my badge and I'm and I'm like ignoring this guy. And then I looked in, I go, Billy, just walked in. <laughs> just followed me and I got my chocolate cake. I remember. You know what it was? It was actually oh Sam. I think it was Samson. Oh, I think it was, okay. It was a microphone company, right? Because we yeah, know Sam- people are sure. Right, right. Right, exactly. And I think Bert Tunks, who was our rep, yes. actually rep Samson. He came up and saw us and he was like, what are you guys? Yeah. What are you guys doing here? And we're like, mm-hmm. well, we were invited. I He's said like, I wanted some you? chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, thank you for, for indulging me. I just, I had to get these two funny things out because they were, we, I mean- we learned that from Lenny DiMuzio, you know, how to kind of, you know, gently get into places we weren't invited to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Blending in. Yes. That's right. Uh, we got some, got a lot of folks watching and uh, <laughs> our friend Gary Marshall. Oh, yes. Gary. UK, Hi, Gary. Yes. Says hello. Sherry Rubens. Hi, Sherry. I saw her at PAS. Great yeah, to see her. Right. Yeah. Wonderful Sherry and a whole bunch of folks. So um, anyway, everybody, thanks for letting me uh, blab for a minute. Let's talk about, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about our time at Zildjian a, a little mm-hmm. bit more, but let's talk about your, your new company, Symbol Craftsman. 
And, um, you know, I mean, congratulations, first of all, on the success. It's, uh, I saw you at PASIC. Like yep. you said, Sherry was there. We were, we were all there and you had a booth and you were kicking butt, selling oh, lots thanks. of symbols. Yeah. So, I was trying to be very unassuming, honestly. Well, I, I think you did a, seriously did a good job of just, of just, you know, being there. Like, I won't say you were all business, but you, you know, I, you never left the booth from what I could see. You couldn't, I know. Well, I'm the only employee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you, you know, you're the only employee and you were that busy too, mm-hmm. you know, that you couldn't really find a minute to get away, which is a, a good sign. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we both work for Zildjian. Like you said, I was there um, a little bit longer than you. Uh, I got to 32 years and then, and then some things changed and, and, you know, don't need to get into it. It's, it's, you know, it's great, actually blessing in disguise. And, um, you know, people say, well, you know, how come you're, you still wanted to make symbols? And they said, well, it's much like, playing the drums, you know, I'm never going to stop playing the drums. You're never going to stop playing the drums or, um, you know, it's, or, or an artist or a painter, you know, why does a painter paint a painter paints because they, they need to, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that, that, you know, I have to scratch that itch. That's how I, I look at it. And, you know, if, if you don't mind, I want to, I want to thank a couple of people that really, really helped me. Um, there was another independent symbol maker named Nikki Moon, who uh, he and I were were scheduled to get together anyway, because his, I believe he grew up in Easton, Massachusetts, and we we had oh. connected over Instagram um, prior to me no longer being with Zildjian. We had planned on getting together, um, and he he showed up to where I have my drums, where I call I call it the drum cave, even though it's on the second floor of a building. And he brought uh, an anvil and a hammer and a couple blanks. He says, do you want a hammer? I said, yes, I would love to to hammer with you. So he left the anvil with me and it got me thinking about, uh, you know, I want to, I want to continue to do this because I love to do it. You know, I love, I love to create. Um, and, you know, after a period of time that I had to wait, um, you know, I, I took the the leap and I posted a picture on Instagram. I think it was the end of March last year of just a uh, hammered blank sitting up against this anvil that was lent to me. And um, Steve Maxwell reached out and it was basically, are you making symbols again? What do you have? Send me a list. And he says, I want them. I want, you know, um, I want to buy a bunch of them and have them at the Chicago drum show. So those two people came out, you know, immediately and and really, really supported me and what I was doing. And I'm eternally grateful. Um, for that. And not to mention, you know, I have a host of, of family and friends that were, you know, always yeah. supportive too. Um, but the, these two people, I just wanted to, uh, to mention, you know, right off the bat and, and I'm just, I'm just That's making great. symbols. I'm just making, and if you remember, I'm just making crash rides there. You can crash them and you can ride them. Yeah. Yep. Just like the great Armin Zildjian said to me one day, all symbols are crashes and all symbols are rides. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Very, you know, words of wisdom from, you know, obviously a man who knew about symbols and a a dear friend and mentor to us both. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, and in talking about uh, Steve Maxwell, I was, and I'm glad you mentioned Steve because that was the first I had seen uh, or heard about this. I, I mean, I think I'd heard, and we might have even been in touch about it. But um, I know Steve had, like, he bought your first batch, right? Mm-hmm. I think you made a, and then he took them to last year's Chicago Drum Show. I think, right? right. Yep. Yep. So that was like yeah. the debut, really, at last year. Yeah. So he he after he found out that I was not with Zuljan, um, this was back in 2020, he reached out to me and he basically offered me a job. And I said, um, I, I have some restrictions and I'm, I, and I can't entertain even having a conversation with you right now about these things, but I'll let you know when I can. And then he saw that post, um, and he put two and two together because Steve's a businessman. I mean, he, we, we know him as having some great, uh, drum shops, you know, the Maxwell stores and Forks drum closet, um, but he's, you know, he, he comes from the business industry, uh, originally. Right. So he, he understands what's going on. Um, and he says, I want, I want to support you. And I think this is a way that I can do this. Uh, so he, he started, he, he bought 62 symbols for me. So I was, I was hammering symbols basically in my basement, just so I could keep, you know, doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I, I like I, I, how do I want to say this? Um, I liken it to if I went back to the woodshed and just practiced drums, I was practicing cymbal making, you know, because mm-hmm. as you know, I did some hand hammering at Zildjian, um, you know, for artists um, from time to time. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just, you know, continue to hone your chops. And that's, that's yeah. what I was yeah. doing with no idea whether or not I was going to, you know, sell them to anybody. It was really for me to do on my own. Um, and he just said, send me a list and he bought 62 of them. And I didn't even have a lathe built yet. Um, when he, when he says, this is what I want. So I had to have a lathe built and I'm like, geez, you know, the things that I don't know how to do. Um, so I had to contract that. And then it ended up in my garage, uh, cause I had been looking for a place, uh, like a commercial space, but they have to be zoned, a, a, a certain way in order for you to do light manufacturing. So it, I pulled the cars out of the garage and, and I started to, you know, continue to, to make symbols there and, and fingers crossed I'll be in a, in a place soon. So I'm not in the Great. garage anymore. Um, and, you know, then Steve did, did another solid for me where he, he called uh, some other dealers and said, listen, you, you want to contact Paul and talk to him and cause he's really making some really nice instruments. So again, I'm eternally grateful for him, you know, putting his, his reputation on the line for me, because as I said to, I said to somebody the other day, you know, it, it, I felt very, very naked because I no longer had the safety net of a big symbol brand behind me. So Mm, now it was all about me, you know? Um, and, and it's not, it's not the Paul Francis symbol company. It's not about that. It's symbol craftsman was an Instagram handle that I created back in 2018, I think. Um, and I, I decided to use that because it's really about just making symbols um, for drummers, you know, um, just a conduit to make a sound that you're hearing in your head. That's how I look at it. So, you know, it, that's why I didn't call it my name. Yeah, I'm very smart. I think, um, you know, people you, probably pretty quickly, if if uh, if not instantly, associated you with it. And, you know, you don't, like you say, you don't need to, I think it's great that you have almost like a separation there in, in, a, in a sense that that's, that's the brand name. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the bespoke handmade, um, you know, boutique, whatever, whatever adjective that you want to attach to it. So, um, and, and it's funny, even to this day, I, I get messages on, you know, uh, so how how's things at Zildjian? And I'm like, I'm no longer with them. It's going on two years now. So, um, cause it wasn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't make any major announcement after, after it happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Um, yeah. I, I know, uh, quite a long time afterward that people, you know, that I happened to be in touch with or said, did you hear that Paul's not at Zildjian? And I said, yeah, I, I did actually. And, and, uh, but you know, that's, it's, it's one of those things. It's funny. Like even with the internet, some things get around in a millisecond and then yep. somehow some things don't, you know, and, and, right. and not to, again, this is, this is the Paul, this is the Paul Francis episode today, <laughs> but um, I, for many years after I left Zildjian, I was still getting people contacting me, Facebook sure. messaging saying, um, you know, something like, how do I get an endorsement? And, and, you know, I, and I started putting like in my profile, no longer working there, please don't right. contact me. And they, you know, they <laughs> wouldn't see it. Anyway, it's just one of those things. I think when you're associated, as long as you were, um, I was there less time, but still, you know, associated. So, and I, and I, as we both said at PASIC, you know, we have, um, great memories of the time we had mm -hmm. there and, and, um, and I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a new chapter. You know, I, I, I will, I will talk about Zildjian and the projects I was involved in and the funny stories and because I loved working there. I loved the brand. I like being part of something, um, you know, that I grew up with playing the drums. You know, and I and I don't want to speak yeah. for you, but I think you know you feel the same way. So, you know, um, that chapter closed and then this one opened up, and and it's really really great to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's great. And, and, and so talking about Steve and, and how he sort of, um, you know, helped help, he was a sort of impetus to sort of make things start to happen for you. Did he give you, did he say to you, Paul, this, this is what I'd like you to make for me? Or did he, did he sort of leave it to you to say, this is what I think would be a good mix of things or like, how did, that, said, how did that happen? What do you have made? And I told him, um, hmm. and you know, seriously sent, sent him a list and he's like, okay, this is what I want. Um, and, and the, and the great thing is that what's happening now too, is, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting maybe a second order from these dealers that have reached out to me and they're kind of fine tuning what's good for their clientele. And yeah. I think that's awesome because that's kind of what I want this to be, you know? So what yeah. I did was I, I created symbols that you could use for anything as far as I'm concerned. You could use them for jazz or rock or pop or singer-songwriter. Um, and, you know, then, you know, I, I I made one, you know, to see if I could do it. I made one called a, what I call a Bill Stewart style, like a dry complex mm -hmm. version one. And that went to Steve. And then all of a sudden, you know, Steve's like, I'd like five more of those. And then, you know, and then Jim Pettit at Memphis drum shop, he, he put in an order and I sent him some symbols and, and I, and I sent him one of those Bill Stewart styles too. And now, now I have six on order from him and, um, you know, pe people are coming and say, Hey, can you make something like this, uh, sound? And yeah. a lot of it is, is stuff that's not in, in the catalog at our former employer anymore. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, if, <laughs> 
if anybody can make it, I should be able to having designed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, you know, people will call up and say, you know, I want something to sound like this, or I want it to sound like that. And I, and just from years of experience, especially working with artists and, and dealers and distributors that, uh, yes, yes, I, I can make that for you, you know? Yeah. And I like that. I like being able to kind of tailor it to each individual drummer, um, and can, can I tell, can I segue into, you know, yeah, you have yeah. one of my symbols. I, I mean, yeah. you actually bought the t-shirt and got a symbol for free. That's right. <laughs> it's an expensive t-shirt for my sister-in-law. That's right. So, um, John has what I call a, um, you know, kind of classic 20 inch A Zildjian medium ride sound that he would always reference, um, when we were meetings together, but, um, you know, his, his sister-in-law, well, no, no, no. Um, any, anyway, we won't go there. So, so <laughs> you know, Tracy was trying to contact me and finally we connected and, and she wanted to have you get an 18 inch crash crash ride, but I didn't have any blanks to make them because everything that I do is pretty much made to order. So I'll mm -hmm. get a, an order from blanks from Turkey and then I'll, I'll make the symbols on order Sometimes I, I order extra blanks just in case of some individual drummers contact me, but I didn't have any more 18s. And I said to her, I said, I'm not trying to upsell you. I'm not a salesman, but um, <laughs> I can't, I can't make you an 18 and his, you're having his birthday party in like three days. I said, but I can make him a really pretty 20 inch kind of medium ride. And she said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I, I hung up the phone. I think we were texting. I don't even think that we were talking. We were texting or emailing with each other. And I got right to work and I went out to the garage and I hammered this up and laid it up. And I like to have symbols sit for, you know, sometimes a week before a drummer gets it. And I only had two days. So this had to be made. So I think we talked on Wednesday and she picked it up on Friday. And I'm like, tell John, John knows this. Tell him it's going to be really tight, but it's going to open up. It's going to be really pretty. Um, and, and that's how you ended up with a, a 20 inch symbol instead of an 18. And, yeah. you know, if you still want an 18, I can make you one. Cause I have a fresh batch of blanks from Turkey okay. now for, for orders, <laughs> but, um, you know, no pressure. I'm not asking you to buy another symbol, but, um, but I, I'm like, I was really, really happy with that. I'm like, this is, this is going to be a really pretty symbol as it continues to open up. It's beautiful. And it, so it's now about a month old. And, you know, I, I probably should have brought a stick over from the kit, but I don't know how well it would come through right, on this right. mic. But but to your point, Paul, and as you said, even I think I told you after a couple of weeks, I noticed it loosening up mm -hmm. and I played a gig uh, a week after I got it. And then I, I continued to play it here at home. And uh, yeah, it's it's sounding beautiful a month later. And, and it's probably is it will it continue to even still, you know, yeah. over time, I'm guessing. Right? Yeah, it's. Yeah, the more you play it and the more the metal ages, um, yeah. it's just going to, in my opinion, going to sound better and better. And that, that that's what happens with, with 8020 bronze, you know, that's used for cymbals. Yeah, it's a beautiful it playing in. looking and sounding cymbal. And, uh, and Paul's right, you know, we, we would have these meetings and I'd, I'd be like, you know, and, and, I, and in my defense, I'll say that our friend, you know, the great Armin Zildjian, Really, I, I think you'd agree with this, Paul. He really, his heart was, you know, he, when, when he and his dad started the company, well, his dad actually, Avidus, but, uh, you know, they were only making a Zildjian's in those days. And he really right. had a, a, his, 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 uh, Armin's 
true love was for the sound of an A, you know, mm-hmm. he, and he would often say to you, I'm sure. And he said it to me many times, you know, all you need is a good sounding set of A's. You can play anything with A's. He said, mm-hmm. he'd say like, you know, buddy, buddy used them. Louie used them. You know, a lot of great jazz drummers played. I mean, certainly Tony and Elvin and guys like that played K's, but Max, Max Roach. Max, yes. Max Roach. Yeah. You know, he, and he would often say that, all these great jazz drummers used A's. And then of course, all the rock drummers in the sixties and seventies and eighties. And, and it's such a versatile symbol. So I would, I would always come back and say, you know, but you know, we could, that's the, really well, like the, the, the thing that happened was in the, in the seventies, as music got louder, you know, the symbol curvatures got higher and the weights got heavier to combat with the, the stacks of, you know, guitar amps and bass amps and stuff. And, you know, Leon Chiappini, the, the head cymbal tester that we, we, we know and who I'm going to have uh, dinner with this week, actually, All um, right. he, you know, he said, you know, they were getting orders, you know, high, high pitched uh, ping, you know, cutting stuff. So that was the way to get to that sound that, that was being requested. And as we got to see while we were there, the, the sounds were starting to, to change. You know, we saw A Custom developed and then, uh, you know, Armin's Pet Project, A Zildjian and CIE. And sounds were getting uh, thinner, which meant that they were getting a little bit more darker back to the the, the cymbal sounds of, of the 50s and 60s. Right. Um, yep. But A's were selling so well that um, there was a hesitant to redesign the line because... Well, what if we redesign it and they're really not ready for it yet? So it was right. it was a hard decision, and you know, and then we came out with with Armand and and uh, sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot because you said something at a meeting which was really really right on point, and I know you're going to re- remember this, and and I think we should have heated this a little bit more, and 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 you were very gentle on how you said it, and you're like, well, why don't we just redesign the A line instead of coming out with another A sound? And, 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 you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you were right, you know, and then finally, you know, I don't remember what year, 2015, 2016, you know, um, you know, the A's got pulled back to slightly lower, lower curvatures and the weights got shifted down, not, not out of the weight range of what they were in, just, they didn't hit that high point anymore where they were kind of heavy. Um, and, and it just, it, it was a success as you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that it was actually, you know what, Paul, it was just as I was, it was, it, I think you, you started the project in 2012 and I think they launched okay. 2013 and that was it 2013. Was, okay. Yeah. And that was the year that I, it was like, right as I was leaving and you gave me a set of A's yes. right out of the first oven, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 16 and an eight. I have them on this Gretsch kit behind me. 16 oh, and 18 I, hope that, I hope they sound really great now. I hope you like them. They, they sound unbelievable. They, they look like and sound like vintage a's like they have oh, that awesome. do you know did, what i mean did like i that? put them on that drum kit in your office and then tell you later after you arrived yeah okay. i think I so remember. yeah I remember, right yep, you did yep 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 and that, and, and some hi-hats in a ride too as well <clears throat> yeah yeah that quintessential 18 inch kind of thin crash you know louis bells and buddy rich uh yeah. type of type of sound um Oh, awesome. can I, can, it's really awesome that we got to be part of things like this. Isn't that kind of crazy? I know. It, it yeah. really was. I was so happy about that. And, and, uh, and thank you for saying that too. And, and I have to tell you though, when at PASIC, that 18 Ooh. that I missed out on buying <laughs> that somebody else bought, yeah. uh, won't mention who, right. 
that reminded me of like that quintessential Louis Belson buddy, like that explosive. I can only use that word. Like I just remember hitting it and going like, holy shit, man, that's unbelievable. And you're like, yeah, you like that, don't you? And like, I, and I wow. just threw up symbols that morning. So, um, you know, I decided to set the booth up the day before with all the stands and, and Jim Ruppa from Columbus pro lent me the symbol tree. Cause I drove yeah, out to yep. Indianapolis and he says, yeah, yeah, you can borrow this tree. We'll just take all your symbols off of it that we bought from you and you can have the tree for the weekend and then, you know, bring it back. Um, so I just put symbols up. I didn't, I didn't choose that one to go on. a. That one was on a symbol stand and, you know, and I, of course I tapped on them. All right. You know, these are, these are going to go well. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it's like I was standing there totally naked. Right. Um, <laughs> And I think that you came over to say hi and you were tapping on stuff. And then you shared with somebody, you know, this 18 and, and he came over and again, we won't mention names and, and, you know, somebody that, that you and I have known for decades and I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to, I'm just going to quote him and forgive my language, but he came up and he didn't even say hi or anything. He just looked at me and goes, "Was this fucking amazing 18 I keep hearing about? And I go, well, it's gotta be that one. Cause that's, the only 18 that's up on a stand and he played it and he put it through its paces and and he says all right i'll, I'll be back and and he came and he came back and he and he purchased it you know so it, it was great. great you know um it was very very interesting to be a pas and kind of have my own little uh brand um and 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 i'll share a story and i don't want this to come across as arrogant but um uh, you know jim Udig. Um, sure, who works yeah. for Dixon Drums and he used to have his own drum shop. And, and I, I don't really know him that well. I knew him from from the industry. And he came yeah. up to me on Saturday okay. afternoon and, and he said to me, he says, you know, I just want to let you know, Paul, that uh, you know, a bunch of us have been talking and we're really, really happy that you're you're here and that you're making symbols again. You know, it's everything's right with wow. the world. So I just wanted to let you know that. And he shook my hand and he walked away. That's great. And it was very, very meaningful right. that he took the time because we don't really know each other. So he didn't have to do that. He could have just walked by and go, oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's great. And just, yeah. you know, yeah. but he stopped to tell me that. And I, I was very, very happy. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll keep doing it until nobody cares I'm doing this. And then I'll go do <laughs> something else. What a great thing to say. And I could see him saying that uh, for a couple of reasons, because Jim's a great guy, first of all. Yep. Really sincere, great guy. And secondly, you know, to some degree, Paul, he's had a similar challenge with getting like the Dixon brand off the ground, mm -hmm. um, even though that's part of a giant company, you know, Reliance. Right, um, right. And a lot of money behind him. I think he recognized the challenges that you have as a as a kind of a one man band. Like he started off with Dixon and trying to like get some traction and he's getting traction now. He sees what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll bet there was some of that where he kind of went like, yeah, it's great to see, you know, the underdog here, you know, the, you know, the guy that's putting the blood, sweat and tears into it. And, um, I got to read you a couple quick questions before okay, they sure. disappear here that have come through. First of all, our friend Mark Pusey is watching. He, uh, hi Mark. He said the dudes, good old Mark. I haven't seen Mark in a while. The most handsome man in, in all of Great Britain, I'll say, right now. Sorry to all the rest of the British drummers. Um, let's see. Someone, a couple of questions. Uh, I'll just say Justin Netty says, Paul's symbols speak for themselves. Um, okay. Anthony Cusina. Paul, what qualities do you look for in a symbol? 
probably okay. kind of a broad, broad question, but. Well, I, um, you know, we had some great teachers, John, and, um, yeah. you know, I, I learned a lot about symbols from Armand and from Lenny Demuzio and Leon. And what you want is just, just in general, you want some clarity in the symbol. You don't want mud. You don't want fighting overtones. So, you, you, you yeah. know, I try to create symbols <laughs> that have a balance within themselves. Um, so again, when you, you, you want to ride a symbol. So you, you remember in the, in the symbol testing room, the symbol tester would pick up a symbol and, and ride it. Even if it was a crash symbol, they didn't do a lot of crashing. It was always riding first. So yep. you want to make sure that the stick doesn't get stuck into the symbol. You don't want any, uh, you know, muddly, muddy, garbled sounds. And I'm quoting Leon right now. You, you want to have it, uh, be, be, uh, you know, pretty, you know, whether it's a dark kind of funky sound or a bright type of sound because there's really only two sounds there's, there's an a zildjian sound and a k zildjian sound that's it everything else lives within that you know yeah, yeah. um but you want you want a clarity and i will say that you know with all the symbols that i have made within the last um 10 months i do have a small pile of stuff that i didn't sell that just they it didn't it didn't have this kind of clarity to it and i said i can't I can't take a dealer's money or I can't take a drummer's money, you know, just because I made it. Um, and I yeah, told, I yeah. tell drummers that I said, you're, I'm not going to make you buy a symbol that didn't come out to what you asked me to make. I, I can't do it. So, um, so I hope that answers the question. That's yeah. I think that's a great, that's a great answer. Um, another question. Uh, Billy Martin was asking if you stayed in Massachusetts or move up elsewhere and start up, but I, and you Staying here in state. Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anthony has another question. I'm just going to skip past it for a minute. Uh, okay. okay. He's also asking, how do we get in touch with Paul in regards to purchasing symbols? And and probably this is a good time for you to mention how we can do that. And I'll also make sure that that okay. information is listed later. Well, I, I just have an email address and, and it's paul at symbolcraftsman.com. I don't have a website yet. Um, and the, the first place that I'm going to have you go to is we want to support the brick and mortar dealers because they've been supporting me. So you, you want to look on Steve Maxwell's website, uh, mysymbol.com, Columbus Pro Percussion. It depends on where you are in the United States. Um, Shane Kinney's place up at a drum center of Portsmouth. Uh, there's a great place out in California. And this gentleman, uh, Jason Sloda. He contacted me out of the blue. I've never heard of his business until he reached out to me called Round Sound Symbols in Oakland, California. Um, okay. And then if you're in Canada, my first international dealer is Dave, Dave's Drum Shop up in Ottawa. Um, Great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they they have, you know, small inventory of my symbols. And I, I really am going to direct you there first. Will, will I sell you a symbol directly? Of course I will. Um, um, but usually it, it, it's more of a commissioned type of work, um, you know, but if it's just a, you want a pretty 18, uh, please go, please go to their, their sites. They've been extremely supportive of me. Yeah. And, and Paul, is it safe to say that, uh, so these guys know that, that if they, if they were to buy it from you directly or from Shane or Steve Maxwell, anything, it's, it's the same price, right? It's, I mean, it's the same price because then I become the dealer. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So that, that, yeah, so that's great. Thank so you. You don't for, get it. You don't get a price cut for coming to me directly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because then I have to do all the legwork that a dealer would do as far as, you know, helping you and then boxing it up and shipping it to you and whatnot. So. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. You're supporting your dealers. That's, I know I don't have to tell you that that's going to pay off huge in the long run, you know? And, and so, and so speaking of dealers, I'm going to, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you personally planning to be at the Chicago drum show? Yes. Yep. You are. I'll be at the Chicago drum show. And then I'll be at the Music City Drum Show in Nashville, and then probably PIS again this year. And um, I, I think these uh, smaller shows are, are the way to go. You know, um, uh, if I can just segue for a second, the there's a lot of independent symbol makers um, that I'm now part of a you know this guild, let's say, and they're mm-hmm. extremely happy that that I decided to make symbols again. And there were a couple that were nervous that, you know, I came on the scene and I was going to take business from them. And I said, well, the way that I look at it, I, I live in Plymouth, Mass, and there's got to be a good 20 restaurants in downtown Plymouth. And they're all thriving. So I just think it, it lifts it lifts up, um, you know, each other. And you get different flavors. And if there's something that I can't do that I know somebody else can do, I will direct them to you. Um, That's great. And we, we talk all the time with each other, you know, through texting and stuff. And I, I got invited to a zoom call some months ago with, uh, with a bunch of them. And, um, you know, I said, listen, I'm not going to sit here and just tell you stories about Zildjian and symbol designs. I want to, I want to learn from you because I only know what I know from how I learned it, you know, so maybe you can teach me something. Yeah. Great. And I, and I, is it safe to say, um, <laughs> Dave Maddox, <laughs> is watching and i was just about to ask a serious question and then maddox <laughs> writes it is, is english wish do, yeah can you do shiny ones <laughs> <laughs> yes actually i can do shiny ones uh dave yes you can tell him uh, i have a whole set of shiny ones for him yes do you hear that dave a whole set of shiny ones just for you um dave. and I, and i i don't want to presume but i i get the feeling too that you guys um as you say, there's a guild and you're all in touch that you kind of help each other too, mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. recommendation that, um, maybe even, uh, yeah, just, just, it's, it's a, it's a real sort of non-competitive atmosphere of just for the mm-hmm. good of the drummer kind of thing. Let's, let's make sounds for drummers. 100%. Um, I, I was in a, um, situation where, um, I didn't buy enough 22 inch blanks for the orders that I had. Like some more came in while I was waiting for mm-hmm. stuff to come from Turkey. And I reached out to them and said, can anybody spare three 22 inch blanks? And one of, one of the, uh, the other independents, Timothy Roberts, who also owns Reverie drum company. Yeah. Um, he says, yes, I do. You know, this is, this is what I paid for them. So if you, you know, pay this plus the shipping, I'll, I'll get them out tomorrow. And he really, he helped me, wow. you know, cause it was That's great. He's down in North Carolina. That way I didn't have to wait for, you know, a DHL shipment from, from Turkey. Um, and I, I started to use um, a cutting tool that was very, very similar to what I had used for 32 years at Zildjian. Um, and I had had it in my shop for a while and I'm like, oh, I'll get to that, you know? And I finally sharpened it up and used it. And it just, it just cut the time like in half. Yeah, lay the symbols. So I just, I just got on the the group chat or whatever, and just said, "Hey, listen, buy this, just use this, and if you don't come back to me and say 
this is the best thing since sliced bread. I will buy it from you because wow. I'm going to buy more of these anyway. And and the cutting, it was a cutting tool. It was just a carbide cutting tool. And it was it was fairly expensive. It was $60. And the, the cutters that the independents use, and even what I used in the beginning, um, you know, could run from six to eight dollars a piece. Um, but I started to use this one, which was very similar to what I've been used to. And I was like, I got to tell these guys, stop wasting your time with this other stuff. Use this. And two of them went and bought them and said, oh, my God, this is a game changer. Thank you very much. I said, yeah, yeah. It's not about <laughs> hiding things because, you know, it, it's like the drumming community. So let's say you you play a gig, John, and you play this lick, right? And I'm like, holy shit, that sounds awesome. Well, then I want to know it. So you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let me let me show you. And then maybe we write it out. I'm never going to sound like you. Thank God for you. Yeah, well, thank God. Thank, <laughs> thank God, God for, for that. You. you don't sound like me. I mean, if you want to hear some pretty <laughs> mediocre drumming, come to one of my gigs. Um, <laughs> You're a but, fine I mean, drummer. it's there's got to be a community of kind of sharing, um, you know. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll say that the, the community was very, very supportive after my departure uh, from Zildjian. And I'm talking about other symbol companies reaching out and, and supporting, yeah. you know, so. No, that's, yeah. And it, it's, it really seems to me too, just to talk about that for a second, I feel like, you know, uh, when we both started, we both started the same year, you know, mm -hmm. 89 at Zildjian, I'd been around a little longer because I'm old and you're not, but, um, <laughs> but I, you know, it was it really, <laughs> it was really a, you know, it, it felt, it was a highly, charged competitive atmosphere in those mm -hmm. in those years you know and i feel like as time went on by the time i left 10 years ago there was definitely people had loosened up i think because everybody had sort of found their own place in the world so to speak right and right and and uh and you 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 know as you know it would not be unusual to go to the bar at pas at PASIC or nam or something and see you and me hanging out with some Peisty or Sabian people or Michael mm -hmm. Vosbean when he had Bosphorus and, and we're not giving away company secrets. We're just, we're just talking about drums. We're talking about stuff. We're just talking right. about music and yeah. And it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing, you know, that I, I feel blessed to have been part of and still part of that, that we, um, you know, have this, like you say, community, <clears throat> this camaraderie of, of drummers. And that's the way it should be. I mean, it's music. It's it's supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, exactly. You know, I think, you know, the late great Armin Zildjian said, you know, we're, we're going to work hard, but we're also going to play hard, too. You know, we're yeah. going to have fun. Do you, do you sorry, I, this just made me remember. Do you remember one PAS? We were in Columbus, Ohio. This is one PAS traveled around the country. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there was one, you know, I was new to the trade show scene. This might've been my third or fourth trade show. And um, Armin wanted to take us all to dinner. And he said, no artists, just, just us. And we were sitting, it was like the Knights of the round table at, at whatever <laughs> restaurant we went to. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't remember if it was like a Ruth Chris or something. And he just regaled us all night about stories about yeah. him being young and the symbol business starting. And his dad didn't know if it was going to go. And, him skipping school and waiting for the, you know, the steam train to come to Norfolk Downs, which was North Quincy. Yeah. And, yep. and, you know, the, the legendary drummers that were creating this swing music were coming out to meet with his dad. 
Um, and it was just, it was just, I just sat there and said, you just listen, keep your effing mouth shut and just listen to the stories. Cause yeah. it, it was priceless, you know? And he, he said, I just want to have dinner with my, my crew, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember Colin Schofield sitting next to him and the bill came and we, he, he told us guys order whatever you want, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and the bill came and he, he didn't, he didn't really look at it. He went, he opened it, he put his credit card in and he, and he paid the bill. And I remember asking Colin the next day at the booth, I said, how much was that dinner last night? He goes, it was a lot of money, you know, cause we, <laughs> we had wine and we, we had appetizers, you know, soup, soup to nuts, yeah. you know? Sure. Yeah. And he was yeah. just, you know, he was basically thanking us for working hard for him and he yeah. was grateful because we, we were really, really passionate. You know, um, I just felt lucky that I got to be part of it. So sorry about that. Sorry about the tangent. No, Paul, that's beautiful. I, I, we could tell these stories all day and I, and I would, and I, and, and I do often. And, and, you know, I, I, I have to still pinch myself sometimes because of those memories with Armand, you know, and, right. and I just, you know, I think I, I joke about being old, but I thank God that I was, you know, at an age where I went to work there when Armin was still walking the earth and, mm-hmm. and, you know, 14 years that he was alive still that we we were all there, you know, and, um, it was just last month was 20 years since he passed away, you know, right, right. December 26th. I, I remember where I was that day when I got the call from Craigie. I was, um, I was in New York with my kids there are took them to New York city for their first trip. It was during the, you know, the Christmas school break. And, sure. uh, we had, we were just, I swear I, I can, I'm not making this up. We were walking into St. Patrick's cathedral Oh wow! wow. in New York city and uh and colin had called me and said um you know where are you i, I told him where i was he said craigie's going to be calling you in in a couple of minutes and which i really appreciated that she called and told me that armand had passed away and it mm-hmm. and I, you know i i'm gonna cry now but i i broke down and i cried and uh i lit a candle for him in the church nice yeah and uh god I, it was like a uh but, you know, just all those memories came like rushing back and they still do. I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, we had those. And I, I, I remember his last PASIC, yep. which I want to say was 2000 in Dallas. Yep. And we went to a, <laughs> uh, not a Ruth Chris, but the other big steak place. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh God, they're everywhere. Morton's. We went to Morton's. Yep. Yep. And big, it was just us, <clears throat> just the, the, you know, the, the gang. Same, same thing you just described. I remember he, and he said to me, you order the wine. Uh, you're the wine guy. You do, you order the wine and don't worry what it costs or something. Mm-hmm. And so we got mm-hmm. some good wine and he wasn't drinking, but he wanted us to all have a good time. And, um, and it was, you know, just, a a great team hang, you know, just a great, he had that ability to just make us all feel so great, you know, and, and thank us for the work we did. And, uh, 100 percent yeah 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 you know i have great memories of him walking around the factory when he would be there for you know a week and yeah. uh, he'd walk around and talk to every every single person there and basically you know by talking to them you know he would bust your chops about you know the red sox <laughs> lost last night knew you're a big red sox fan yeah, um, but he yeah. but he cared he cared about the people that worked for him and you know ultimately he would end up with leon in the testing room and and talking with him for a good two to three hours about what's going on now in the past and stuff like that. And, 
Um, I just, can I just tell a quick story? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So, so really, really, you know, cause he, he taught you things when he didn't know he was teaching you things. So this has to do with the trash former that was part of the ZXT series. Um, so, so Jim McGaffey, artist relations manager way back when, yeah, um, yeah. he I'm got a, a call from, uh, Mike, me and Jeannie saying, uh, Hey Jim, you know, I have this student that has this really great special effects symbol and I'm going to send it to you because you guys should make this. So he sent this symbol into to Jim. Jim called me. I went to Jim's office and Jim pulls this brass symbol out of a plastic shopping bag. <laughs> yeah. And it was all bent. And I looked at right. him and I'm like, are you serious? We're working on serious symbols here. This is, you know, <laughs> looks like it came off a Sears drum set and then a half track drove over it. Jim said, no, 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 just take it and play it. And, you know, Mike, Mike is saying it's a really, really great special effects sound, and maybe we could do something with this. And so I said, okay, so I took it. Now I'm walking back down to the factory. I go, what a waste of my time. <laughs> you know, I'm working on serious symbols, you know, that's going to make great music. So I'm walking back down to my desk and where my desk was, was sort of a part of a bigger room that was part of the testing room. Cause the testing room, if you remember, had two big glass walls. Leon was essentially in a fishbowl testing symbols all day. Yes, and Armand was in. <clears throat> so I said, you know what? I'm going to put this thing to bed and I'm going to give this symbol back to Jim and say, no, thanks. So I knocked on the door and uh, Armin waves me in and, and he, he was in mid conversation with Leon. I said, I'm re- I'm really, really sorry to bother you boss, but you know, I, j- I just, um, I have something that I want you to check out. He goes, yeah, yeah, give it to me. So I hand him the bag and he takes the symbol out. He doesn't even look at it. He asks Leon for a stick and he hits the stick, hit, hits the symbol with the stick, puts the symbol back in the bag. And he's not even looking at me. He hands me the bag goes, that's probably one of the best special effects symbols I ever heard in my life. You should make that. And then he dismissed oh me and I walked out of the room and I said, <laughs> I just learned a valuable lesson, you know, from somebody that's pretty much seen it all with symbols. And yeah, I had, yeah. I had the symbol made the next day. Wow. And it was part of the I didn't know that, line. That's I'd how never it heard that backstory. Be. Yeah. But oh, he wasn't really looking at me because he was talking to Leon about whatever he was talking to. And he tapped on the symbol back in the bag, you know, gave it back to me. That's one of the best special effects symbols I ever heard. You should make that. And Jim's says, all right, now go, go do your job. <laughs> you know, I, 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 when you were talking about when he would come and he'd be there for like a week or so and same thing. And for me, I I'd be in my office, have my door open and I'd hear his laugh like mm-hmm. down the hallway. You'd hear his <laughs> voice, you know what I mean? And, and you, you know, I knew he was coming in, you know, Armin's going to be in today, whatever, or may, you know, maybe we were going to have lunch or something. And, uh, and you'd, you'd hear that laugh and you'd hear him, you know, the next room over talking to somebody, making his way, and then he'd come in mm-hmm. and he'd want to get all, the, the whole load down and what was going on. And, you know, what's this guy up to? What's that? But to your point, Paul, exactly. I remember <laughs> I, I had a, I had this stash of symbols that I had stuck behind my little refrigerator in my office. And mm-hmm. I slowly sort of um, accumulated some old A's that would come back and trade and they'd be in the, the bin to be cut up, you know, the, the return <laughs> bin. Sure. So I'd go out and I'd fish them out. And a lot of them were like 60s, 70s, like pre-logo, you know, A's that that sounded like, some sounded, I thought, really good. Some sounded okay. And I just thought, I'm going to hold these aside, you know. And and he'd always want to fish through them. Mm-hmm. And that the the symbol that I ended up giving to Charlie Watts when he came to visit that day, when, when uh, yep, amazing day, I had, it was a 16-inch thin, probably from the 60s, really, really fast, bright, and he would come over and he'd, he'd go to that and he would go like, 
you know, he'd hit that and he'd go, beautiful. Yeah. That, now that's an A. Now that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, he, he just, he had that right up until he was, you know, God rest his soul, 80 years old. You know, mm -hmm, he had that mm -hmm. passion for like, you know, wanting to hear stuff. He, he, like you said too, he, he could look at a symbol and kind of know right away what it was going to sound like too. He'd, he would know, he would pick up, up symbols. He would yeah. pick up symbols with me and show me the curvature and said, "This is where the curvature should start. This is what this is going to sound like." Be, yeah. be, without even playing it, and then you play it and go, "Holy shit, that's exactly what it sounds like." And you know, he he taught me a lot. I I would refer to him as like Mister Miyagi, where he didn't actually show me how to make symbols. He didn't show me how to lathe. He didn't show me how to hammer. He talked to me about it. He says, I know that you know how to run the machinery down there. So we would sit sometimes just on the couch in his office. And he would talk to me about the old days on how they manipulated the metal. And um, then he's like, okay, now I want you to go do this. I'll be back in three weeks. Have those prototypes ready. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but he yeah. was he was very, very supportive. You know, I, uh, I'll just tell a amended kind of Reader's Digest story about you know we were working on the azildjian and cie crashes and we were doing 16s first and you know i i was really really good at making a lot of bad sounding crash symbols and and you know there'd be a stack of 20 or 30 symbols and he'd find three or four or five that were really good and he would say you know these are really really good make more like these and he would ignore the stack of 25 <laughs> that didn't sound so good and he would not highlight that he would highlight yeah, the good ones. Yeah. He goes, all right, so go take measurements from those and make more like that. I'll be back in three weeks. Make another 25. You know, yeah. good job. Yeah. Good job. All right, beautiful. Good job. Go. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> that reminds me of a story I can't tell here, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I have the a Mayflower. lot of stories I can't tell. It's going to go. I'm uh, going to write a book someday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a funny story, but I can't tell it here. Um, I, I, Paul, I'm going to run a couple more questions by you because... They're coming in fast and furious here, sure. folks. I apologize. Um, okay, so we've talked about how to get in touch with Paul, and I actually typed out your email address so people can see it. Mm -hmm. Please note it, folks, and I will put it up later again. Uh, Scott Goulding is just making a comment that uh, he has three symbols that you made, and uh, his, they're his favorites in his collection. Great to hear it. Uh, thank you. Yes, Billy Martineau, Shane at uh, Drum Center of Portsmouth does carry them. Yes, yes he does. And uh, let's he's getting this. another water soon, too. Oh, great. Great, great, great. Um, Dave Simcox is asking you this question, and I can answer it for for him on your behalf. Are there plans on making hi-hats? And I'm going to say, yes, you've made hi-hats. Mm -hmm. I know you made some 15s for Steve Maxwell and maybe yeah, even 14s. 14s and 15s right now. I mean, I'll, I'll make 16s, but those are, those yeah. are the popular sizes. You know, I, I can pretty much, you know, make anything that you that you want yeah. so okay um justin Nettie's asking to know what's the favorite symbol that you've made or designed Ooh, ooh. that's a good question just in general i think just is it yeah i suppose just in general so so um i don't know if we well i won't i won't turn the camera but um i have framed on my wall down here in my in my playroom a 22 inch uh k custom dry complex with Bill Stewart. And I won't say it's my favorite symbol symbol. It was one of my favorite projects because this sound was so um, mm. left of center from what was in the catalog at the time. And um, I was just proud of that, that we were, that we were able to, you know, kind of capture that sound. 
because uh, it yeah. wasn't something in the in the catalog. And Bill was playing these old K's that had kind of an umbrella shape that have a, had a very what I would call like an Oriental type of sound more than that traditional kind of uh, Tony Williams or Elvin Jones, you know, um, type of sound. Um, so I really enjoyed that project. But any any. I'm proud of everything. I, I, I look at everything that I'm doing now and, and what I've done in the past. You know, they're they're like your children. You know, you love yeah, them all. Yep. Right. Yep. No, that's great. I just I just like good sounding symbols. That's great. Um Anthony Cusina is asking, um this could be a this could be a long answer and it, and it, and if it has to be, that's fine. But okay. um ex- exact symbols that Tony used during his career. Um, there was something about his sound besides being Tony. And I, and I know you have an answer for this because Tony came when we, you know, spent some time with us and you got to talk to him about this. But I will say that I think a lot of people, and I think Paul would agree that quite a bit of Tony's sound was Tony. Mm. Um, but uh, again, he would, you know, just like any other drummer, you would find an instrument that speaks to you, you know, and you would want to play it. Um, you know, Wallace Roney and Vince Wilburn brought in um, a 22 and I had had it for about 10 years in my office and, and Tony gave it to Wallace and said, that's what I played on Nefertiti. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a lot of symbols. I mean, he had, he had the one that uh, got played on four and more and that's what Istanbul Mehmet came out with, you know, and our friend Colin Schofield was part of that project. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, having gotten to work with Tony intimately for three days, you know, there were, there was some, um, animated things <laughs> from him about you know he didn't want to talk about what he what he played when he was a kid uh, yeah. and, and i won't get into the the impetus of, of why he said this to me but he goes you know jesus christ everybody wants to know what i played when i was 17 he goes man i i just played what max handed me you know we're at the gratch factory and he goes here these ones are good play these ones kid he goes i i was playing music yeah you know yeah. you know and i was playing what i was playing and he he went through a lot of different phases um, of symbols, and of course, you know he he made Kay Zildjian from Turkey, you know, famous just like Elvin Jones and a host of other drummers that played Gretsch drums. Um, but they found symbols that sounded good, um, yeah, and and yeah. and then they played them, and and you know I kind of thank God that they did because that that symbol sound really fit in with with the uh, the music at that right. time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we we were making twenty two inch A custom rides, if you remember, John. The, those three yeah. days, and you know, he, and he wanted one that was you know clean sounding, but was maybe a little bit darker. But I don't mean darker like dirty, trashy, but had a, a certain sound quality. And and really, really, really funny because I was I was young working with him, and we were in the drummers' lounge at, at Zildjian, and he never sat at a drum set. And I had symbols set up on stands and he found one twenty-two prototype and he, he just went into light speed playing, you know, and he had this grip where his index finger just stuck out. And I was standing there with a pad of paper waiting for, you know, the word to come down from the mount on high, you know, and, and he, he looked over at me and I literally had taken a step back and my jaw was open. I couldn't believe the (laughs) speed and clarity of, of what he was getting out of the symbol. And he smiled at me and, and he didn't say this, but I, I always say, you know, he was looking at me going, 
yeah, mofo, I'm Tony Williams. What did you expect? <laughs> you know? But it was just yeah. like, did it, did it, did it, did it. And it was just, and he was going like so fast. And you heard every stick hit on this symbol. And you knew you were in the presence of, you know, greatness while he was doing this. So yeah. anyway, anyway. Um, no, I, I, I totally, yeah. I was just going to say, I, not long after he came, and in October of 96 to the factory, we went on this clinic tour, the one and only oh, right, clinic right. tour he'd ever done. That's when I first met Scott Garrison, uh, Garrison of DW now, mm-hmm. but at the time, Tony's tech. And we were on the road for two weeks and every night it was unbelievable. And just what you said, Paul, that technique that he had where it, like his index finger and it was like this rolling motion mm. that was like, it was unbelievable, you know, I mean, you just listen to those records and you hear it, but to see him do it, it was just like that. Effortless. That's the word that I use. Yeah. Effortless. His, it's like his arm never moved. And you know, those giant biceps, he'd just be like, you know, ding, 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 ding. Oh man. Yeah. Tony. It was, oh man. Well, well, I'll have to tell the the longest story another another time with with his visit because it's just you know amazing and I can't I can't I really can't believe you know you guys and I you know artist relations you know had me slash let me work with him you know because I didn't know anything back then I thought I knew stuff I didn't know nothing you know now that I look back on it but um, well. It, it was a it was a good visit it was a good visit um, it was it was a good visit and you were at the time I mean you just kept learning but it mm-hmm. you know you knew as much as anybody knew at that time you know what I mean so it was a it was the it was a building block toward a year later 97 Elvin Jones coming in and oh boy that was great. And, totally um, different than Tony Williams Elvin Jones yeah 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 I, I, I want to tell just a quick story about yeah, my first yeah, yeah. EM show when we were all dressed up like bankers in our suits. Um, <laughs> and um, if you remember, uh, Jeff Hamilton had come by the booth and he was playing an old K that Mel Lewis gave him and it had cracked around the bell. And, um, you know, Jeff kind of knew at the time that we weren't making something. Um, we didn't have anything in the catalog that was um, familiar or similar. Yeah. And and he was going to explore other options. Is that a good way for me to say it? And, yeah, that's um, a good way to say it. Yeah. So I was somewhere on the booth and you came up to me and said, hey, um, you know, Jeff Hamilton's here and he has this symbol. And, you know, we don't have something like it in the catalog. You know, will you come over and, and talk to him with me? And I said, sure. And you were like, do you know who Jeff Hamilton is? I'm like, yes, yes, I know who Jeff Hamilton is. <laughs> come over. And we were kind of. We were we were in the hallway where the meetings meeting rooms would have been, you know. So we were behind like the big Zildjian display, and and he yeah. pulls out this symbol, and I had a drumstick in my back pocket, and I picked it up. I started to play it, and he looked at me and he said, "Can you make that?" And you know, kind of time stood still a little bit, and I had I had mm. two answers: yes or no. And he didn't want to hear no, and I didn't know if I could make it, but that's not what he wanted to hear. And I said, "Yeah, I can make that." And, and he sent it. And that was really, and the reason that I'm sharing this is because when I made the prototypes for him, that was the first time that I hand hammered was for those symbols. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. But I, I knew just from working with you guys and, and um, 
kind of being in the orbit of, of ARM and not having worked with ARM just yet on a project, that the, the answer wasn't no. The answer was, you know, yes, we can do this. I will try. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, had, I had nothing to lose because I didn't know if I could do it or not. Um, and then he came into the factory, but he didn't come into the factory the day he was supposed to. Do you remember? I this do. is back when you got a paper, on, uh, you know, to fly. They would yeah. send it to your house or whatever. And he missed his flight that day. And I'm like standing in the room waiting for him to show up. So anyway, he shows up the next day. And I had about, I don't know, maybe maybe four or five symbols up on stands. And then his symbol that was broken. And, and he's playing them. And he gets mad. And I'm like, oh, he he hates these symbols. And he, and he put the stick down. And he goes, where the, where the F have they been hiding you? I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. wanting this sound for a while. And I go, oh, so you like them? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, a- anyway, anyway, he, he ended up finding some that he, that he, he still has them as far as I know. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, I love Jeff, man. I just, I, I was love a him kid. As a human. I was 27 or 28 years old. I mean, I, I really had no business, John, in any of these situations <laughs> now that well, I look back on it. But what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. They say, you know, very, I very mean, true. And, but he, um, yeah, Jeff, uh, the, the funny thing about that, that flight, we were, I feel like we were out, I don't know what happened, but, um, he was supposed to come on a certain day mm-hmm. and when he never, came, when he never landed, I forget, we sent a car for him or something. I forget what happened, but I called him at home in LA and he answered the phone. He picked up the phone. I said, Jeff, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh no, what's, what's happened? Like he's changed his mind. And he went, what? today it was today and i'm thinking like <laughs> and he's like oh shit you're right it was today all right i'll i'll be there tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> so and that's when you could, a, it was 1996 yeah. i mean that's when you could do yeah. that you could just show up to the airport guy i was supposed to be on a flight yes sir. oh yeah I no know. problem yeah yeah yeah, yeah here you no, go you know yeah. searching you like they do now um yeah yeah it's so funny yeah um you know, and it was just it was just great great memories great memories of some of some times um, yeah. Hey, our, our, I got to tell you, our old friend Jerry Donegan is watching and he says, uh, looking good, boys. Jerry. Uh, Jerry, thank you. Yep. We, I'm going to get Jerry on. Well. Yeah, I'm going to get him on one of these. Uh, and we're going to we're going to talk about some. I don't know. It, it could be the R rated slash. You know, parental Jerry, discretion advised episode. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry has two good stories. So I'll just I'll, I'll say you got to get him to tell the the story about when the, the Red Sox were in the playoffs back in the sixties and Avidus showed up and he was watching TV. Jerry, tell that story when you're with John. Okay. Yeah. And then there's another one. Um, Avidus <laughs> had come into the, the, the factory, I think back from lunch and it was a massive snowstorm and all Avidus says, Oh, roads are great. All black, all black. <laughs> keep making symbols yeah yeah keep making them keep selling them i you know when i first started working there one of the funniest things would be somebody in the in the warehouse would accidentally drop a symbol on the floor or something they go ship it (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah sounds good ship yeah ship it um there's a couple more questions i want to just uh throw by you real quick paul we're we're at an hour and i don't want to keep you too long and uh, although I, just I knew getting we were, started, just getting started, we were just getting started. Yeah. Um, I have some that I printed out. I just want to see if there's any more here in the thread before I go there, but let's see. 
Uh, Mark Pusey has just had some nice comments. Jeremy Stacy says ho- hello. Oh, hi, Jeremy. Sends his best, best to us. Do you remember we went to his rehearsal space in England and he had like <sighs> every symbol that had been made in Turkey from, you know, 1940 to 1963 or whatever. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit, these are really good. And he made us tea, not tea, he made us coffee, espresso or something. Me, I think so. Yeah, I think Jeremy Stacy. I know he's. We've talked about this. He's. I think he's since moved from that, that um, facility, Space, that flat. Yep. But I think he had not only every symbol. I think he had every symbol known to man. Yeah. In that room, and maybe every drum set known to man. I couldn't believe it. And he had told me he collected drums, and I, I went, "Oh, that's cool," you know. And then when we went to his place, I'm like, "Oh my god!" You have all the drums. Yeah, you have all the drums. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see. Jim Catalano says hello. First class pie maker. Nice. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, John Farrow is asking about the session series. Did you develop that? And the answer mm-hmm. is yes, you did. Yes. Along yep. with our friend yep. Steve Gadd. Mm-hmm. Yep. Steve Jeremy came in was, and, and he worked yeah. with Leon and I on the, uh, the range of weights for the hi hat symbols. And Steve sat. Um, at three hi-hat stands in the in the testing room and he paired the cymbals and Leon said we should give him a job <laughs> yeah you know he yeah, he gave Steve. us a lesson on this is how I want the session hi-hats to be you know right. here's the lightest they can be and here's the heaviest and he put these three sets of hi-hats together and we were just like in awe you know yeah and I I know and the thing about Steve is um if people don't know this is he you know, there there are no uh, boundaries or 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 uh, you know, like the idea of using the heavier symbol on the on the top mm-hmm, and the lighter mm-hmm. symbol on the bottom. It's like Steve will just whatever means to the to an end for Steve. And I love that about him. It's like you know the conversations we used to have on the on the bus when he'd go like, yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to say this on it. It just if it if it's if it if it's a crash, but it sounds good as a ride, why not use it as a ride? And he would say that to me like. Do you think every symbol, you, do you have to make everything say this or that? And I'd say, well, right. Steve, it's, it's easier for people that, that to buy them, you know, to understand mm-hmm. that it's, mm-hmm. it's, but, but the answer is, yeah, no, man. it doesn't yeah, have man, to. Yeah, man, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. Why do you have to put crash on a crash? Why can't you just, you know, the old symbols didn't have that on there, you know, and he's right, but it's, it's funny. John Farrar says El Mundo. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> um. Do you, do you remember when Steve was being asked about the the outro from uh, Asia on that clinic tour? One of the one of one of the weeks that I was I was there, and and I don't know if he went to a record store, he got a tape or whatever. Somehow he got the track, and because because the nights before he was like, ah, you know, that was an interesting part of my life, and I don't really mm. remember, and I don't remember what I played. But then he got asked so many times that he he studied, and then yeah. the next clinic. He played it note for note. And I think you and I looked at each other like, holy shit. That yeah, wasn't like, yeah. I think it's this. I play it and he played it. And it was like standing ovation when he was done. You know, yeah, I do. Yeah. That yeah, was I know. crazy. And, and I think he, you're right. I think he was kind of tired of being asked about it and to play it that he figured I better just listen to it somewhere and like, you know, people are going to ask me this and, and that, and, you know, obviously 50 ways and late in the evening, I'm going right, to, right. I'm going to be able to, sh- you know, play this and demonstrate it, but I'm, I'm, I'm laughing about, questions. 
I'm laughing about something else. Sorry on that tour. Um, <laughs> oh, we stopped I think to I... get the bus washed. <laughs> the time it was, but it's not. It's not the hey, John. Do you think the bus could get washed while I'm doing my clinic? It was the guy running down the dirt road with the modern drummer to have him sign it. We were in the middle of nowhere, oh. and. <laughs> It was a scene like, out of Deliverance. Yeah, he was like, "Are you kidding me? Is this really?" Happening? And he's like, "What's your name?" <laughs> he signed the magazine. Oh my god! It, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's no, what I it was. was you're right. At. That was. It was the middle of the night, and we had to middle get out of, of the nowhere. bus. Middle of nowhere, we're walking down a dirt road. It's cold. It's dark. It's like one o'clock in the morning. And a guy comes walking up to us with a modern drummer with Steve on the cover. Right. Saying, can excuse me, can you sign this? And we're like, ah! Or I murder you. I need your autograph. Yeah. That was crazy. I, I, I got to tell you one more. I got one more funny story. Oh, no, that was... And that you're going to rub your head our, like you do, John. You're going to be laughing so hard. Yeah. Our friend John King, it was his idea to to wash the bus in the middle of the night. And, and you and, couldn't uh, stay on the bus. So you had to get yeah. off the bus at 2 a.m. at a truck stop. And one quick... I'll segue to one quick John King story. Cause we love John. Um, yes. and this would have been 1999. The great, the late, great Chooch McGee, Charlie's longtime mm-hmm. drum tech. Um, he was his tech at the time came to visit Zildjian to pick out some K Constantinopolis for Charlie. And mm-hmm. I'd been, we'd had them out for about a year and I'd been saying to Charlie, <laughs> you got to try these, you got to try these. So Charlie, yep. unfortunately didn't come in that time, but Chooch came in and, and I think John King worked with him that day to pick out which was typical because john typically worked with the artists right as, as a as a sort of general rule so or if it wasn't me or it would be, be john but um so we picked out a couple of k-cons for charlie i think maybe two you know of a different weighted 20 inch k constantinopoles and huge <clears throat> took them with him to to the show and then i went that night to see charlie Right, right. And I'd, I'd been the night before, or two nights before, I'd been there with my son, John Jr. And Charlie got a kick out of the fact that my son was named John Jr. And he, so the first thing he says is, where's John Jr.? And I said, well, he's, he's, you know, he's only 12. He has school tomorrow, but he had a great time the other night. I said, Charlie, this is John King, uh, who works with me at Zildjian. And, and Charlie says, are you the tester? <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> And John King says, well, actually, Charlie, uh, I'm one of the mad scientists that creates these symbols, helps create these symbols. And Charlie said, right, then you're the tester. (laughs) You can have this back. I don't want it. (laughs) It's too heavy. (laughs) And John, it was just, John had this look like. (laughs) What do I I do Yeah, it was very funny. Mad scientist, yes. Yeah, I'm one of the mad scientists that creates the symbol. Anyway. But that was great, that was Charlie because he he felt like you know if I'm not going to use it I don't want to keep it and he was very right 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 always right somebody like else that. will like it is what he meant yeah. by that yeah yeah all right Paul a couple of quick questions and we'll wind it down but um, it's a good question from our friend Bob Sidlowski ah, who I think you Bob. remember Bob yep from yep. Sonar and MD how hard is it how hard is it to precisely duplicate a favorite symbol. You can never get there hundred percent. Okay. If you have a similar cup, similar curvature, similar yep. weight, you know, and you can get the weight pretty much exact and similar hammering, you're, you're 90% there. 
So you, you can copy a symbol and get the, you know, very, very similar characteristics. It, it's really hard to get it a hundred percent because you don't know how that symbol was made that yeah, day yeah. by that group of people. So you, you can get there. You can get very, very close. And, and so, and if someone brought you or sent you their favorite 20 inch ride of whatever, and it's a, it's a B20 alloy, mm-hmm. assuming it's a B20, um, would you would you be able to get pretty dialed into that though? Yes. All th- yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Scott Goulding, who is, is watching, I did that uh, for yeah. him with a, an old K that he broke. So. Yep. Yep. Great. Okay. Um, this is an interesting question from Vinny Osborne, our friend Vinny Osborne in the UK. Mm-hmm. Do you think symbol companies, and this is maybe this is probably more of like a more of like your opinion, but do you think symbol companies have got carried away with unfinished symbols and drilling holes all over the place? I'm going to say no. And I'll tell you why, because the companies are in business to sell a product. And if that's the product that you want, then that's what they're going to make because they don't want stuff on the shelf. That's not going to sell. So if that's where music is going and that's what drummers want, then let's make it for you. Okay. Great answer. That's that's as simple as it is. So yeah, I mean, like simply put, that if there's a a market or a demand for those types of symbols, um, yeah, then then somebody people should be making them. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yeah, yep. even if you don't play them yourself. Yeah, I want to make symbols that you want to play, not the ones that I want to play. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, one last question I'll I'll uh, ask for uh, from Doug Breslin. And- <laughs> I know Doug. Hi, Doug. You know Doug? Okay. Know Doug. Yep. Doug asks, could you discuss the difference between hand hammering and machine hammering? Okay. Here we go. I knew I wasn't going to get out alive with this one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, in however you want to, you know. So there is no better way. There isn't, hand hammering isn't better than machine hammering. They're just two different tools. So, you know, if, if you're... If you're a plumber, you don't have just one tool to do the job. You have very, you have a lot of tools. So, you know, people equate, you know, hand hammering to a dark sound and then machine hammering um, or, you know, and a machine, machine hammering could be, you know, like what Peisty does or what Zildjian did in, in the very beginning where you guided the, the symbol underneath uh, the hammerhead. Um, so when when you're hand hammering like i am in my garage and i'm just putting hammer marks all over the place so i can shape the metal to a certain curvature it tends to lend itself to you know kind of a darker funkier sound but i can make symbols that are are, are pretty and and are bright sounding you know you you got one that has kind of that leans toward that um there, there's a local drummer um named steve shigaris that sent me in an avidus uh vintage kind of symbol you know, with the patina finish on it and said, can you make me a heavier version of this? Oops. Okay. I'm like, what happened to the screen? Um, no, I wanted to show some graphics of your, of your shop. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, usually when, when you're putting just hammer rows in the symbol, you lean more toward a, a cleaner sound and that's what people associate machine hammering with. Um, so, you know, they're two, two different methods. So one's not better than the other. It just lends itself to getting to a sound that, that somebody is requesting. Um, so, you know, I was very fortunate at Zildjian to, to be able to use several different methods to get to a sound. And it's really a means to an end to get, to get to a sound color. 
Yep. There's, there's a lathe that I had to have built because I <laughs> never built a lathe before. And that, that actually has a 20 inch symbol, uh, that, that I made for a, a drummer friend of mine named Dana Fitzsimons. And he's waiting for that. And I, I like to put a symbol on the lathe and not just take a picture of the lathe because it's nice to have a symbol on there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, as a, as a symbol maker, you want to use whatever, whatever, um, tool is at your disposal to get to the sound because that that's what you're doing um so you know drummers again they equate machine hammering to a brighter sound and hand hammering to a to a darker funkier sound which you know to some extent is true um and there's some blanks that haven't been made into symbols yet and that one in the back leaning against my garage um door that's that's the first symbol i hammered post zildjian employment wow that's going to, that's going to go into a frame, I think, because I was going to yeah. make it into a symbol and sell it. And I said, you know what? I better not. I'm going to regret that. So that's a 22 inch, uh, symbol craftsman number one. Yeah. That's like your first dollar bill. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's great, Paul. Um, no, this, this is great. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, I'd made a note way back in the beginning in my notes and I never got to it. What, what is it like? I'm sure they all vary, but what is the sort of average time? It, it takes t- for you to make a symbol from, from, you know, from blank to finished, finished um, product, finished. Well, like a 22 for me to hammer that into shape and get it to where um, either I want to sell it as just a simple craftsman crash ride or, or if it's a commission piece of work, it can take a couple, couple hours. Um, you know, like a Bill Stewart style will take me longer, maybe close to three hours. Um, mm-hmm. So everything, everything's relative to that. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of care taken with it. And, and what I do is I'll hammer a blank into shape and then I'll let it sit and then I'll go back and look at it and play it and make sure it's going in the direction. I might hammer it a little bit more, uh, depending on, on, on the sound that it's, yeah. uh, destined to be. So it's not, it's not, oh, I got to make today and I got to hit, hit that quota. There's, there's no quota. You know, I do have right now, I do have orders for, uh, four different drum stores and and you know the the time from taking you know from the blanks arriving that i've ordered to being able to deliver um to a drum store it could be anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks okay yeah and so if and so if someone were to contact you today to order a consumer contacts you and they want to buy it from you directly Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are you quoting for like, what's a sort of lead time or, or a... it, it, it's probably six to eight to 10 weeks. You know, what I like to do is if, if someone orders a 20 or a 22, if I'm already making those sizes for a drum store, I like to gang them together. So when I go to lathe them, um, I'm leaving the, the same size. So I, I borrow from what I learned from manufacturing at Zildjian, uh, to what I'm doing now, yeah. you know, so I, I tend to like to hammer all the blanks, um, into shape. And then, then I'll do the lathing. I, I try not to um, um, do okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this drum stores symbols and then lay them up, and I'm gonna do the next drum stores hammering. I like to hammer everything up, and then I like to lathe, and that way yeah. I can really focus on that particular thing. Great. And John, uh, our friend John Ferraro is asking if you work with B8 blanks. Not yet. Not yet. I'm, Not yet. I'm sure I will um, someday, but you know, the, the major player for all the drummers is, is B20. So, yeah. 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 And, and, and you mentioned earlier that you get your blanks from Turkey. So you're mm-hmm. getting, you're getting, you know, 
obviously high quality, you know, B20. It's very, it's very, yeah. it's very, very good. And, and as we know, John, that all the companies over there somehow is, is a derivation of the original K Zildjian foundry where somebody worked there and, you know, now yeah. they started yeah. their own little thing and taught some other people and, you know, every, everything's six, de- six degrees of the original Zildjian factory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, fantastic. Well, Paul, this has been awesome. I'm just, I want to make sure I don't forget to say anything else. Let's give another, um, shout out on how people can reach you. And that is Paul at symbolcraftsman.com. Your email. Yep. Yep. And you're on Instagram too. People can, can reach you there. Yep. I, you prefer, yeah, you prefer. I, I like probably. the email better because it keeps things um, in one place. But, you know, if you reach out on Instagram, you know, I do, I do check it. Um, yeah. And sometimes I have to go into like message requests, um, you know, so it goes too deep. And, and, and sometimes it takes me a little bit longer because I'm not always um, checking, you know, I am, I am checking the email on a regular basis. So. Great. Fantastic. Um, this Another is, this shameless is a, plug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, also I'll tell people, if you don't know, if you don't follow Paul on Instagram, he's often posting uh, pictures of what he's working on and there's great, you know, great uh, historical information on there. I love to see some of the posts you put up about, you know, stuff that you've worked on, stuff you're working on now. And, and uh, you know, and, and, a, and a shout out to anybody who might be watching from the Zildjian company um, you know, I know I appreciate that's, I, I don't think I'd be doing this right now if I didn't have that history. And, uh, you know, I don't think either of us would be so, so that's a, you know, a great part of our, our past, our resume, part of our story. Yeah. Part of our story. Well, Paul, hang with me if you would, for one minute and I'll, okay. I'll end the podcast. I want to thank everybody for watching today. A big hand for Mr. Paul Francis. <sighs> Thank you for all your support. Thank you, John, for having me. It was fun. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, a pleasure.